thanks to our sponsor, Raygun. Have you ever wondered if you could be offering a faster, less buggy application experience for your customers? With Raygun application performance monitoring, you have all the information you need at your fingertips to find and fix errors and performance problems across your tech stack down to the line of code. With Raygun, monitor the impact of your performance improvements, quickly identify and resolve issues, and see how your code performs in the hands of your customers, saving you time, money, and sanity. I've personally used Raygun and Hyperfish for the last four years to help me sleep better at night knowing the customers we've worked so hard to get are having a great experience. We use Raygun to alert engineers proactively so that we can be the ones to tell customers when we've fixed the problem instead of them calling us to say something's wrong. Raygun.com is my secret weapon in shipping high-quality code. Check it out at raygun.com and get up and running in minutes. This is the Microsoft Cloud Show, episode 391. Today, AC and I are going to look forward to the rest of 2021. Recorded live, January 7th, 2021. This episode is brought to you by Nintex. If you could score an extra hour or two back in your day, would you take it? Because our friends over at Nintex want to give you a gift. The gift of time. Seriously, if you haven't checked out what Nintex has to offer lately, you definitely should. The platform built on Azure has evolved a lot. In just the past few months, the Nintex team has added new process mapping capabilities and most recently, a new eSign capability called Nintex Sign, powered by Adobe Sign. Nintex also continues to revolutionize products you know and trust, including Nintex Workflow and Forms. With the power of Nintex, it is faster and easier for you to configure, not code, giving you valuable time back every day to sprint it however you want. Test drive the Nintex Process Cloud at Nintex.com. Back to the show. Morning, AC. It's weird saying 2021. It is weird saying 2021, but good morning to you, man. How are you doing? Well... I'm mixed. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think we're both sort of feeling that way. We've, we've had a bit of a discussion about this before the show, and yesterday was a crazy, crazy day. Sort of feeling quite, I guess what the right word is, uh, discombobulated. How about that? I feel like I was just in a, I'm like, I'm waking up the day after a, a really bad hangover, plus a really bad, I was involved in a really bad car accident. So. Yeah. Yeah. Just feel beaten up. It, I mean, so we're recording this, what, the day after, on January the 7th, which is the day after the United States Congress certified the election. And also there was a, the incident that happened at the Capitol building in Washington, yeah. D.C. yesterday. A lot of people were saying insurrection, coup. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can say it, but there's an incident. I'll just leave it at There's an incident that happened that was really hard to watch. It was a really sad, infuriating, it was really hard to watch that. A new low point. Right. Yeah. And um, sorry, there's, I don't know if you can hear that. There's a bunch of squeaking going on in the background, but I'll take care of that in a sec. <laughs> a new low point for the country, I think, and just just horrific seeing what was going on. I just really hope that, that this is the, this really is the low point and that, uh, you know, much like I said, the title of the show, looking forward to the rest of 2021 is something that we can do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a, People don't tune into the show to hear our political talk or, you know, stuff, current events, kind of stuff like that. And so when there's enough, God knows there's enough people that are talking about it on social media and on the news and all these other places. And everybody's got, you know, strong feelings on on stuff left and right. You know, it's not just the U.S. election. There's a lot of people all over the world that were making comments about it as well. So, you know, we totally respect that. We're not, I don't, I don't want to share too many of my feelings, but I know that, you know, a lot of people probably don't even care, uh, nor do they really matter. But it's really hard to just ignore the fact that 
acknowledge the fact that, you know, what happened yesterday and that, yeah, I mean, as an American, it was really hard to watch. And so I'm looking forward to the rest of the year and looking forward to moving on to the next chapter and our national, in our history. Positive outlook. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, doing our... We can only hope. We're not even doing like uh, cloud stuff today, man. We're doing... (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So I guess I guess with that we we do want to look forward to 2021, right? Yes. And you know, last episode we looked back at what we thought was going to happen, some of our wishes and goals for 2020, and a lot of that flew out the window. So let's mm. hope that the, these ones that we come up with for 2021 are not quite as pie in the sky, I guess, or <laughs> yeah, or unrealistic. I don't know, or turned well, on, flipped on their heads, right? I just looked at our, our show notes, and I had put down when I moved the show notes over. It said twenty twenty wishes and twenty twenty goals, and I'm like, no, nah, we're not doing that shit again. We're moving on. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just fixed the notes here. No, no, we meant twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty has felt like felt like Groundhog Day and one sort of big squishy morass for me, and so I, I really hope that twenty twenty one is not another year like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to go through what we, some of our wishes for 2021. We're going to go go dive into those. And wishes are kind of like hopes, things that we that we wish to happen. Some of them are, I think most of them are technically related. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get into our goals of what we'd like to do this year, some sort of personal goals that we'd like to get into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I guess if people listening have their own wishes for things like anything in the Microsoft Cloud world, they should definitely tweet us and let us know what you guys are wishing for this this year to happen. I'd love to hear, I'm sure you would too, love to hear from our listeners on mm-hmm. things that they'd like to see happen this year in the Microsoft Cloud world. Yeah, I'd love it. I mean, it was, listeners to the show, I mean, if, you, if you've got wishes that you have for for this space, for, like, for the Microsoft Cloud and the competitive landscape, you know, don't just send it to us on Twitter. Don't just send it to us on, on a Facebook message. Open up your recording, open up your yes. phone, voice recorder, and, you know, give us your two cents on it. And, you know, we'll share some of these with, you know, going forward. I mean, we're not doing the whole, like, you know, something that's tangible to, like, you'll hear what we're going to do. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So you'll hear what CJ yeah. are going to do, and that's kind of setting the tone. So we would love to hear from what you guys, what your wishes are, too, because I'm sure I'm sure people have got some great ones, I'm sure, that, that you and I aren't even thinking about. So Oh, for sure. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love those ones, yeah. So with all that said, shall we, uh, shall we get stuck in? Yeah, let's get started. This episode is sponsored by Avpoint. If you like the cloud show, you will love the Shift Happens podcast with Microsoft MVP and Regional Director Dux Raymond Sai. Each week, Dux talks with one of the industry's brightest stars about their most challenging modern workplace or digital transformation projects. He uncovers the players, organizational hurdles, and last-minute surprises that inevitably arise when ambitious people try to impact their workplace. Season 1 features FedEx, Wells Fargo, Heathrow Airport, United Airlines, and other industry leaders. Go to www.avpoint.com forward slash blog forward slash shift happens or search for the hashtag shift happens that's one word hashtag shift happens wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe today and now back to the show all right so let's start with some wishes these are the sort of the if i could have three wishes from my genie in a bottle kind of thing you know obviously there's bigger wishes than this like world peace and world hunger being solved and all that 
But I think we sort of we focus a bit more close to home on some of these, right? Mm-hmm. On what we work on day to day. So they're the sort of the wishes that we'd like to see happen in twenty twenty one. Would you like to kick us off with something you'd like to see happen this year? Sure. I had three bullets, but I got, I'll be honest, man. I had a really hard time coming up with a third one. I'm so glad you said that because I, I was sitting there scratching my head. I had two were really easy for me, but the third one, I just felt like right now I have a third bullet point because I'm supposed to have three wishes, but I think I might let my genie have a day off, a year off, and just have him only come out twice. <laughs> <laughs> He's been super busy this year, man. Yeah, yeah. man. He's got. He's I, mean, I got one really. I got one really big wish, and let's just—it's not cloudy related. It's much more grounded. But anyway, okay. My first one is I titled it Microsoft 365 to show commitment to SharePoint framework and focus on reliability. And so, we talked about this a little bit in a more recent episode. But in the past year, and really, I, I'm going to go back almost two years. I think that I question Microsoft's real dedication more than just lip service to the SharePoint framework. They've said it. I know they've worked on some stuff, but they sure don't have the output to show it. And Mm -hmm. it's very disappointing to me. This is going to tie into my second one as well. You could almost kind of sum this one up as as far as SharePoint framework goes. Hey, Redmond, put up or shut up. That's kind of what I'm asking. What do you think is going on there? Like, We don't want to turn this into a massive, long-blown discussion and and blow out the show because of it. But like, to me, it seems like the slowness is, this year has been especially slow. And that could be for a variety of reasons. It's like anything in the hype cycle, right? It goes through these ebbs and flows of importance and what's the right term? Like periods of slowness, right? And mm-hmm. I wonder if, I wonder if the shininess, it sort of peaked. I wonder if the shininess of SPFX in Microsoft's view, not externally, has peaked and that they are, focusing less on it and dedicating less resources to it. I don't know if that's actually realistic or not, though. I need to be a little careful with what I'm going to say here because I I do know some stuff behind the curtain that I probably shouldn't share because I'm not sure what is public and what isn't public. But when you look at the adoption numbers of the SharePoint framework, it is still on a very consistent, like, 45-degree trending line going up. The thing that is kind of is frustrating to me is that I think that the SharePoint framework has, framework has succeeded in spite of itself. The SharePoint, the engineering team has not been held to task to complete and deliver the things that they said they were supposed to deliver. And so there are some very fundamental problems with the SharePoint framework. Nothing that I would say to keep me from using it or keep me from recommending somebody to use. But... Microsoft just doesn't have the the motivation to fix that stuff. I mean, why is it when thing when it's successful and people are still using it and the growth is just going up and up and up? So when you don't have a competition, I guess, you when you when a business is doing something and they don't have real competition, you know, what is Google's incentive to really change their face their the way that they do search? It's not like Google, not like Bing's challenging them. It's not like DuckDuckGo's challenging yeah. them. So I think it's some it's part with that. And the other part is, and this is the part I'm gonna be really careful how I say it is. I think internally when it comes to the engineering team that their priorities do not match up with what we've seen them say publicly. Mm. I think that there's a bit of, they're not as uh, genuine in the stuff that they've said publicly on what they want to do and what they're going to do. I think it's great for you know me to say that I've got a, a priority of being able to run a marathon before my next birthday. But mm. if I'm not putting the training in, I clearly don't really give a damn about that. So yeah. that wasn't a, 
going back to your you know wish goals for last year and the whole half marathon thing. Hurts, I didn't man. mean to say it like that, but it it, that's that's really part of it. Is I think you know they've been focused on other stuff and they like they have something that's like going, hey, we're going to take this team and we're going to allocate them over here because we want to get this other thing done. And I know that that, that thing hasn't shipped and we haven't seen it. It's kind of like going, you, you guys have been saying that for a year. Yeah. You're either going to ship it or you're not going to ship it. It's like cold fusion. Like at some point, this tech <laughs> is not going to be viable. I mean, somebody just give it up. So right. I, yeah. I think that that's a lot of what it is. And that's why I say that I want to see a commitment. I mean, either stop saying that you're going to, that you're committed to it and actually do something about it. And that goes all the way up to like the Jeff Teeper level that goes up to Raj. It's like, if you plan on using this for things like, you know, office extensibility and teams extensibility, I mean, there's not a single, you gotta get a lot better. I wouldn't recommend using SharePoint framework for teams development, even though you can do a lot of stuff. I wouldn't recommend it. You know, I would never recommend it to somebody right now because there's so much stuff that's just flat out broken. It's not reliable. I'm building a teams app for my business. Guess what I'm using? Not the SharePoint framework. <laughs> I wouldn't dare touch it. Yeah, it's a stark condemnation. Yeah, I I get it. That's where I am on it. I just, I'd like to see them show the commitment. And it's not so much, and that's not me saying, hey, I got a class on it and this is my in my best interest. I just don't see it. I'd like to see them just do the stuff that they said they were going to do a year ago, two years ago. Put up or shut up. Yeah, that's fair. How about you? You want to give us one of yours? Sure. I guess this sort of, can be said to be related to a comment you just made. My first wish is that Google challenges Microsoft 365 more seriously. In what way? I think Microsoft does some of its best work when it's being really seriously challenged. Agreed. Right? And and I just don't think there are enough, I don't think there are enough, there is enough or are enough serious challenges or challenges of a serious enough size and scale to really push Office 365 currently. Mm. For any large, large enterprise, there really is no other choice. And so I'd love to see Google challenging Microsoft 365 more seriously so that we get better out of everybody, so we get better results out of everybody, right? I'm an absolute Microsoft fanboy. I've worked there for a long time. I absolutely love this stuff. Like, But I'm also like, I want them to be, I want them to be better too. And... I've just seen really good stuff come out of them when they've been really challenged seriously by things. And so um, I worry that they're going to get into the sort of lackadaisical malaise of of not being seriously challenged. And that's, you know, that happen- that's how we end up with IE, man. Like when they do great work and bang out, yeah, I'm not saying IE was great work in the end. At the beginning, everybody loved it, mm-hmm. right? And then they got lazy because nobody, they had 90 something percent market share, then it turned to crap. So <laughs> there's lots of examples like that. I totally agree with you. And it's not, it, that's not a, I want to see Microsoft challenge in, three, in Microsoft 365 so, or Office 365 so that they can get hurt by it. I mean, I, you're right. The competition's better. I'd love to see, uh, that's a really good one. I would love to see Google. I mean, wouldn't it be interesting if you had something from, there's really three different players in this, right? It's either AWS or it's Google or it's Salesforce. That I'd love to see one of them come up with a productivity suite that is an option that either leverages Office or has another offering that's kind of like that, that allows it to work in the enterprise and have a nice cohesive suite across everything, secure, locked down, that, you know, trustworthy. Yeah, I'd love to see that. And because it's right now, a lot of the features that you see people, that them coming up with in 365 is like people sitting in a, in a room like, what can we build next? Like, no, 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 no. 
what do your customers' pain points that you can go address? Not what is the new thing that I can create that maybe somebody will be interested in, like a virtual reality Minecraft. Like, don't give me that bullshit. Let's give something that's actually like... It's like when Windows removed the freaking start button. <laughs> you know? It's like, you know you're fat and lazy and have nothing to lose when you start messing with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? I know that sounds mm-hmm. kind of harsh, but it's like, really? No, no I you agree with nothing you. nothing else to do except mess with people's things that they that wasn't broken to begin with, right? And it's like shuffling the deck chairs around on the Titanic. Yeah, exactly. Or on the deck, right? It's like, what the hell? Anyway, yeah, I would love to see Google step up to the plate. Actually, you know, and I think this is why Salesforce bought Slack, right? They're coming at it from a, we've got your CRM system already, now we're going to offer you more collaboration, and we're going to use that as the foot in the door to get you to get you on our stuff. I just don't necessarily believe Salesforce is the right company to build a big collaboration stack, but we'll see. But I'd love to see Google. Like Google have got a really good starting point, right? They've got they've got the beginnings of what a lot of small businesses use. Tons. They've got the they've got the vast market share there. But I'd love to see them step up to the plate. It's just they've tried for years and failed because. They're an ads business and a search business at the end of the day. They're not a productivity and collaboration business. And so I've never really seen them go totally nuclear on the productivity space, you know? You know, I wonder if this antitrust attack that they've got going on in Europe and the United States, I wonder if that's going to have any impact on it. But you're right. Google has like an office style suite, which is a lot of what all this is kind of centered around in Microsoft 365. They've got the collaboration. They've got the email side. They could have a collaboration. They may have it. I'm not entirely aware, but they could have a collaboration story like what you kind of have in with Teams. And they have the identity, the identity side nailed as well with a public cloud that you can build custom stuff on and build and extend it from. Yeah, they've got the pieces of the puzzle. They've got the pieces of the puzzle. I guess, yeah, I'd kind of look to Google and just be like, hey, how about you guys not focus so much on enterprise, like large cap? How about you focus on SMB, small cap, but offer a Microsoft 365 suite, but for SMB, and then you can start working up to that enterprise thing. And that's their sweet spot. They work on SMB. They focus on SMB. So yeah, double down there and start there. Good point. I, it's, it's so interesting walking over to like the the what do you call them the uh, like the entrepreneur the small business thing. And I mean everybody on that side, they're all using Slack. They're all using Google Google Suite, yeah. G Drive, and Docs and sheets and and there's a simplicity to it. So yeah, I think a lot of it is sort of uh, inertia, right? Is yeah. decades and decades of built up office inertia mm-hmm. that's hard to beat, right? People that have used Outlook for decades are going to want to continue to use Outlook and Word and Excel and all that sort of stuff. Like it's hard. Like asking my mother to use Google Sheets. Good luck with that. You know, like she'd almost stepfather, right? An accountant by trade. Like it's. He's an absolute macro wizard. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of like he can't change the time on the PC, but man, can he build some <laughs> wild financial modeling in Excel? You know, <laughs> like it, you know, stuff that I could only dream of. And so, yeah, yeah you beat. You're trying to tackle stuff like that. It's tough. It's, it it's really tough. It is. How about, How about I'll, I'll you? Let you? Well. You've got three, and I only have two. Okay, so are you gonna, are you going to cut that last one? Or are you going to keep it then? Is it, I couldn't tell if you were like if that was just thrown in there. I'd like to keep it. Okay, so yeah, then do your second one because I only have one more. Okay, my second one is Teams goes crazy on extensibility. So what I would love to see Teams do is ditch SPFX 
any hopes of SPFX extensibility and come up with, go crazy on their level of extensibility in terms of, but in a very contractual way, right? Hmm. So what I mean by that is that the history of SharePoint development, God, we it's like, once upon a time, there was an atom. No. Uh, <laughs> Tell me, Dad. The history of SharePoint development. <laughs> Let me get my shawl. <laughs> you know, where it really, really took off, where SharePoint really took off, was building an amazing partner ecosystem around it, right? Mm. And unfortunately, it was done in a very unbridled fashion early mm. on, right? It was every person for themselves, modifying out-of-the-box files, like just no holds barred, Right. And it created a lot of problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like migration, yeah, We're not going to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sort of stuff, right? And so eventually it, it got more contractual, but way too late. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'd love to see teams go crazy on extensibility, allow you to not necessarily customize anything you want, but offer the ability for people to plug in in, in lots of different places and offer offer extensibility options that let the partner ecosystem thrive. Mm. But I sort of feel like they haven't really been focused on that too much. They've been focused on scaling and just building something that hoovers up all of this market share during pandemic of a year and all of that, right? They've been, they've just been trying to stay up. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And they, they have been building some amazing new, like loads of new features that have been coming out. It's been incredible, really, to watch. But I think the extensibility side of the house has just really dropped the ball. Like the biggest new feature I've seen in extensibility this year is the ability to stick stuff into an active meeting that's happening. That's the that's big only one. It. Well, there was that one. I guess there was there was that one, and then was it? There was two other ones. RBAC after two years, RBAC not RBAC resource resource-specific consent, something like that, to where oh, instead, yes. yep. instead of adding a permission to say, you can manage all teams, but you can manage just this one team, and the activity feed. I don't understand. I don't know too much about the activity feed, but there was something about that that you could actually, like, you could pipe your own stuff in the activity feed. I'm not, I want to be able to do... I heard a podcast on it. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I just feel like there's so much opportunity in teams for offering extensibility to partner ecosystem. I'd love to see them really... And I know they are investing in it, don't get me wrong. They're doing what they can and doing a good job of what they can, I I think. But it sort of reeks to me that they're not emphasizing it enough. So I'd just love to see them go crazy on that. And I'd also love to see them, maybe UI extensibility makes sense to use SPFX. I'm not sure, but like you said, if I was building a Teams app today, I wouldn't be taking a dependency on it. And unfortunately, I've built Teams apps that do have a dependency on SPFX, and we've suffered because of it, right? We still continue to suffer because of it. And... Mostly around permissions and auth. Yeah. <laughs> but well, that's every app's problems, right? <laughs> well, but in that, so that's the thing. That goes back to what I was saying a second ago, where I wouldn't recommend using SharePoint Framework on Teams. I would if what they have shipped was finished and consistent. And what I mean is that the reason I don't recommend using the SharePoint Framework for doing Teams extensibility is because if I build something using the SharePoint Framework with the intention of it to work maybe in SharePoint, but specifically in Teams, I'm not confident that it's going to work the same way or always work across the web client, the desktop client in Windows, the desktop client in Mac, and the yeah, mobile client. 100%. That's part, mostly that's on the rendering and that's also on the authentication bit. All of those things, it's inconsistent between them. And that's the part that says, that to me just says, I know that if I build as a native Teams app, which means I'm really a native Teams app, for those of you who don't know, it's just a web app. You're just building a web app that you self-host. 
the reason I love the idea of using the SharePoint framework is because where that web app runs, you're already authenticated. You've already got access to things like the graph API. You've already got access to like the infrastructure to call an API that's been secure with Azure AD because the SharePoint framework has solved all those problems. It's just if they worked in a consistent way, the way they work in SharePoint, if they work in teams and all the team's clients, the way they work in SharePoint, I'd use the SharePoint framework for all my team's customizations because totally. I've got a hosting model right, you know, baked in right away. I love it, but it's not that way. So that's one. The only concern that I have with that teams, teams goes crazy on sensibility from, to me is as long as it's not like, like too crazy, like there's actually like a mission behind it. And it's not like, okay, you, there's 50 different development teams. You guys each go find something different to go extend in teams and everyone go implement it. But there's nobody standing above on top yeah. going, let's make sure That'll we make have a sense. story here. That's true. There has to be guardrails and there has to be a story. Yeah. That's the concern that I have. And that's, that's the main reason why I won't go build a teams development class right now. Everybody's like, what's the next one you're going to do? I was going to do teams. I gave up on it. I gave up on that idea and that plan because... There are so many things that change by so many different teams with no consistency. I could see teams being a totally different product in 12 months. And as someone mm. doing educational content, I ain't no way in hell I'm doing that and then promising that I'm going to keep the stuff current. So You don't want to take a dependency on uh, of that level of erraticness. No. Yeah, no, I get that. There's definitely, I totally agree with you there. I think there have to be some guardrails there and there has to be some plan. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I'd love to see them. Like, I just look at it right now and go, as an ISV building for it, there are so there are so few. There's very limited experiences you can participate in, and that that really severely limits it. But anywho, so speaking of consistency, <laughs> this actually goes right into my next one. I almost Leads added a third. Straight a third, yeah, yeah. I was gonna I was gonna add a third one. Just a second ago, I was thinking, you know, I could actually add a third wish now, but I think that my third one is my second one is my third. Can I, they kind of go together? So what I wrote down in my notes was. Microsoft 365 development, my, my second wish is Microsoft 365 development improves consistency and cohesiveness. Here's a better way to look at it. This is what I was thinking I was going to go with the third one. But I think a better way to describe this is I want a development czar that owns Microsoft 365. And when SharePoint wants to do something, when Teams wants to do something, when right. Planner to do, when anybody wants to do something, they've all got to go to this guy or this girl. And they got to say, here's what we're doing. And they can look at it and go, does this make sense? Kind of like the role that Scott Guthrie had for a very long time over the .NET and the Silverlight and the Azure right. stuff. Right. Where everyone, there was still this like cohesive story across it. Because right now, it doesn't feel like Microsoft 365. It feels like Teams has a has their own development story. The Power Platform has their own development story. I know it's part, yeah. I know it's an Azure thing, but it's really Microsoft 365. But that's shipping the org chat, right? Like that's yeah, mm. but and that's the part that's frustrating as hell, that if you're a developer today, I mean, you look at the Teams guys, the guys that are building the, the Teams development tools, and I don't know if they're ever going to hear this, but I mean, I t I'll tell them right now, I tell them in their face that they don't seem to really have a clue where the real world works. They have mm. like, oh, here's this idea that we came up with the new Teams development toolkit, and this is the way we saw how you build Android apps, and so this is how we thought it would be actually be cool over here. Like, no, hold on a minute. If you're talking about somebody doing Teams development, you're probably also talking to the same person that's also done some SharePoint development. And there's going to be there's going to be some overlap between them. And mm. they've got tools. And then you're trying to build your own tools. It's like, 
this is so stupid that you're building all these different tools to do all these different things. Somebody's got to get their, their head out of their ass over at Redmond and say, let's have all of us be on the same page of building the same set of things instead of frustrating the hell out of developers and having a true like enterprise development story thinking about CI and CD and thinking about tooling and thinking about the people that are not going to be, that are building web apps that want to be working on the tools that they're used to building things on. Maybe they're not on Windows. Maybe they're on Mac. Maybe their notifications show up in the top right instead of the bottom right. It's stuff like that. That's the stuff that I really wish that there were some consistency. But again, I don't really have much hope for this wish. I'm kind of like wishing on a star and hoping that, you know, one day I'm going to get to be stand on the moon before I die. Because... Teams is growing like crazy. SharePoint Framework is growing like crazy. There is no incentive for them to, to do this stuff. So I know I'm wishing for this, but I really don't. I'm not expecting much. Yeah, I think to get your wish of consistency and cohesiveness, you have to have a really sound strategy that umbrellas the whole thing, right? Like if you don't really have a strategy for what you want to do, a committed strategy that you, you invest in, right? You have your development czar or whatever mm -hmm. that is going to be the be-all and end-all of saying yes and no to certain things, right? If that person doesn't have a committed and a strategy that they invest in about what is the story going to be across all of those things, there's nothing to knit it together, right? There's mm -hmm. nothing, there's no set of rules. There's no rule book that you go to and go, should we invest in, you know, this new toolkit or not, right? There's no... You need a reference point to be able to go point at and that that person can go, no, we're not going to do that, and here's why, mm -hmm. because it doesn't push us along the path of getting us further along our strategy. Mm -hmm. And you've got a set of cohesive sort of principles and plan laid out to go along with that strategy to get you there. Because otherwise, otherwise it's just somebody going, yes, no, maybe, right? But having somebody calling the shots around development, if they've got a really good strategy to go along with it and it makes sense to everybody, then when you say no to stuff, it's understandable. And you say that to the outside world. You say, here's the direction we're going with our development strategy. And when you say no to things, you're going to be like, cool, and here's why. And people will be a lot more understanding that way. When they see things that they want that don't get done, they go, oh, okay, yeah, but I get that they're that sucks, but I get that they're focused on, on heading in this direction because of it. Yeah, as you were explaining this, you kind of, an analogy kind of came to me, and I think that this really describes how I see Microsoft 365 from a development point of view today, and that's like, a, like an orchestra. And there's no conductor up there right now, but you've got the horns that are on this side, you've got the strings that are over here, you've got somebody that's got the cymbals and maybe the drums in the back and everything, and everyone's kind of doing their own thing. But yeah. there's nobody that's kind of like going, okay, you, you need guys, shut the hell up. You need you guys go to start playing? Like, okay, now you start raising up your stuff, and then you start lowering down over here. And then that's the thing that I don't feel like we, ha like we have. And nobody's talking to each other. And it's just, yeah. they're all competing with each other. And it isn't making any of us on the outside all that happy. I think that going back to what you, your first wish about Google challenging Microsoft 365 more seriously... I think that they could force this, that if, mm. if Google mm. was able to go through and start pushing this forward, they've got a pretty unified development story across their entire platform with tooling and all that stuff. And it would be it would be nice to see that would actually get Microsoft to really yeah. start to realize, here's one of the things that why developers are liking stuff on this side. I mean, when For sure. we know, you know, one of our friends that owns a owns a team at Microsoft that's a owns an API. When they were looking at how to do a better job with their docs and better job with their tooling, what did they do? They started asking people, what do you guys use? What do people outside Microsoft use? 
What are some of your favorite sites? And a lot of us were pointing to like, look at how Google does documentation. Look at how nice this is. Look at how nice this works. They took that as a lesson and they applied that when they when they rolled out their docs and some changes that they did. So I think that that, that would help us. But yeah, I think having yeah having a cohesive strategy that everybody understands would be great. Like I remember I visited a Formula One team a few years ago as part of a project and. Their strategy was very, or their their goals were very simple because they had a very clear strategy. And whenever they looked at doing something, whenever they looked at spending any money on something, whenever they looked at investing people or money or what have you, they asked themselves one very simple question. It was, will this make the car go faster? Mm -hmm. And everything revolved around that, right? And you could see it. You know, there were things in the office where you're like, well, it's a Formula One team, but the office is not that flash, right? Mm -hmm. Not that fancy. And so, but that's not going to make the car go faster. Mm-hmm. And so it made complete sense. Yeah. But, and they lived it. You know, I, I sat in a few meetings where they would be like, is this really where we should spend our effort? How is this going to make the car go faster? And weirdly, there are some things like we were talking about travel scheduling systems for the team and all that sort of stuff. And those sorts of things will make the car go faster. Because if you've got a bunch of people that are less, you know, less jet lagged from flying around the world and you're scheduling their time better and you're giving them more family time and all that sort of stuff, they're going to perform better and they're going to be able to design better parts. And, you know, so there is connections between seemingly non-connected stuff, but it all came back to that strategy. So I guess, man, I'm rabbiting on. But I'd love no, to see no. one for the development world for Microsoft 365. That stuff helps me. And having those goals that you go back and look at, we I'm in a I'm in a mastermind. I think I mentioned it on the site and on our podcast before. And we just met last night for, you know, what are our 2021? Let's review 2020 and let's look at 2021. And it was uh, you know, what are your goals? And it's every month you get together and it's like, you know, what are you going to accomplish next quarter? What are you going to do this? And every time we do that, I look at it and you look at what your goals were for for 2021. And I'm like, does this move me closer to that goal? No, it doesn't. Well, then why are you doing it? And we challenge each other on those things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, cool. cool. So you got one more wish. Yeah, my final wish is kind of, you know, a little bit based on what we saw happen yesterday, but just in general, the last few years, I would love to see Microsoft leading the way and helping media companies with technology that helps them get the right balance of freedom of speech versus BS info and conspiracy theories and whatever you want to call it floating around, right? I understand the need and one of the founding principles of the country and all of these things that free speech is super important. But we've seen what what can happen when things completely run wild. And I've just got to believe there's a better way. And not strangling people's speech, but also but making it possible to understand, like, is what I'm reading accurate? Like, what's real, you know? And I think Microsoft could really help lead the way. And if there was one technology company right now that I would trust with social efficacy... Parlor. Is that the right word? No, not Parlor. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It would be Microsoft. Like, and there's years... There's years ago, you know, in the 90s and stuff where I wouldn't have said Microsoft was the great was the greatest, you know, in this regard. But, you know, now I think they're probably one of the most trustworthy in this area based on their behavior. What have they been doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I know I'm a fanboy and I'm biased, right? So, you know, obviously take that into account. But I would love to see them lead the way with some with some options and some solutions to help companies with this stuff, help people with this stuff. Because it's a huge problem and 
they don't have skin in the game in terms of, you know, they're not a social media company, which I'm very happy about, right? They don't. They kind of tried to. Well, they've tried many times. Yes, it's true. Well, but, but uh, the TikTok thing is wrong. But just I'm like being so glad yeah, that, that well, didn't that's happen. why I'm stoked that they didn't get involved in that. Yeah, hundred percent. So you know, like I just love to see them step up. Like I think they've been doing a really good job around around social responsibility recently, and I'd love to see them really step up a bit more in this space. Yeah, I'd love to see someone. It's one of those issues that you don't really like. What's the right answer? And. I don't know. I don't know. I've heard people say, like, yeah, I don't want to stifle free speech, but I do want to stifle bullshit. But I don't I don't like the idea of someone being the arbiter of that stuff. Correct. Yeah. And I do like what some of like what Facebook has been doing and what Twitter's been doing and what Google's been doing at YouTube about taking some of the BS off or labeling tweets and labeling different things. But the other side of me is like going, Yeah, but I don't I don't know if I like the fact that you're the one that says yeah. it's, that you're okay doing that, but I don't totally. want some government agency to be the one to be doing it as well. And so I'm kind of like, I heard somebody come up with an idea that, you know, it's only going to show controversial things when it's both sides can agree on the fact. They have different opinions on how to implement it, but they agree on the fact part itself. I'm like, well, yeah, but these days. How's that been going for you? Yeah, how are you going to get to that point? <laughs> So there's a, I don't know, I'm a... Have you heard of Common Sense Media? No. I'm surprised. It's a great site. So I really like it. Especially if anybody out there listening has kids, go and check out commonsensemedia.org, I think it is. And it is basically like when your kid says, I want to watch Indiana Jones, right? You can go look it up and they rate TV and movies. It's got nothing to do with like the PG and R ratings and all that sort of stuff. They put Common Sense ratings on media stuff like TV shows and movies and books, I think, as well. They rate them, they let kids rate them, and they let parents rate them as well. And so it's sort of a, I guess in some respects, it's a crowdsourced rate common sense rating system for media. And I don't know what the solution is to this long term with BS Info and, and all this sort of stuff, but if we can put people on the moon with a computer that's no more powerful than the Arduino I've got on my, you know, less powerful than the Arduino I've got on my desk right now, there's got to be solutions to this. There are Mm. solutions to this out there. We just haven't figured them out yet. And things like common sense media and things like that give me sort of little creative pokes that there are options that work for other things. So surely we can figure this out. I actually had seen this. I I went, the common sense media, I went to the site when you were talking about it. And and now I recognize it. I agree with you. There's got to be a way to figure this out. And I don't know what it is. If it's, I used to say that I would love, I went to go look at this kind of like news media and stuff. I used to go to Reddit to see what people were voting up the most. But now I question that approach because of the ability of like bots and like bot farms and troll and, and the masses of being able to upvote something that's just complete bullshit. Like I, I have a, I have a friend who's like, I'm not going to go political here, but it's just the topic, right? So I have a friend who's trying to share this video on that questions like statistics about the election, uh, the United States election, and about fraudulent votes. And isn't that doesn't? And there's so many like statistical things that just don't make sense that need to be investigated. And he's like, you know, the, the source that he's using has got all the, is an open data set, and they're showing what you can go get the data yourself, and they show how they did the models, and you can go look at all this stuff. And I'm kind of looking at one side and just like, yeah, but I, I don't know if this is just a really good sales pitch. At more BS, that's just yeah. that's done really well, or if it's, or if it's actually legitimate. And the guy's, it's a you know, smart guy. He doesn't 
pass this kind of stuff around. I, he'd never passed this kind of stuff around in the past. And so I'm just kind of like, yeah, and we were talking about it today. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to talk about this anymore because you do, I don't know what that, you know, how are you supposed to fix that? It's I, very I complicated. Love, you're right. I love to see Microsoft help with that. The way that they help with like securing elections, the way they do stuff about what they're their security center taking down bot farms and, and taking over domains and stuff. It would make it trustworthy if Microsoft was involved, although they don't have to be the ones that do it. I'm just, I agree oh, with no, you. No, I'd love to see anybody leading the charge on this, but I sort of wish that, I wish that Microsoft will step up and help. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. So those are our wishes. Let's move on to our goals. Yeah, we're very wishy. Let's go. Fishy washy. <laughs> Let's go uh, hear from one of our fantastic sponsors and we'll be right back with our goals. This podcast is brought to you by ShareGate. You probably didn't get into cloud engineering to spend hours manually sifting through layers of data or manually creating reports to understand and explain your Azure costs. Neither did the IT pros at ShareGate, which is why they built ShareGate Overcast. ShareGate Overcast is an Azure cost intelligence tool that reduces manual monitoring and helps you make cost-efficient engineering decisions, and it can help you lower your Azure bill. ShareGate Overcast scans your Azure environment daily and analyzes your cost data. It automatically identifies cost issues and gives you the insights you need to fix problems fast. Plus, with personalized cost-saving recommendations, you can be sure you're only paying for the resources you need. Best of all, you can get ShareGate Overcast for free. Find out more at sharegate.com forward slash cloud show. And we're back. Okay, AC, those were sort of more of our pie in the sky, kind of if we had a magic wand, what are some things we would change? Our goals are a little more down to earth about stuff we would like to get done. Well, I thought they were down to earth, but based on my last year's ones, they were complete pie in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what you have to do, though? We were talking about this in my mastermind last night, that you can't just make a goal and then come back to it in 12 months and say, how did I do? Like it's no, So I did true. this last year. It's I set goals, but I have like, here's my 12-month goal, but I've got something I'm going to, I have my first quarter and first half of the year goals. But the 12-month ones are very much strategic, where my hmm. you know my first quarter ones were very tactical. And then I was kind of like, okay, I'm thinking that this is what I want to get done in the next quarter after that. So my first half goals. But I'll revisit those after the first quarter. So I found it was much more successful last year in doing those by adopting that process. Hmm. So hmm. maybe that helps. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. You want to go first this time? Okay. Yeah, sure. All right. So my first goal... Are we gonna, we're going to go bang off one, two, three, and then you're going to do one, two, three, or should we swap back and forth? Let's change it up. Let's, why don't you go for all yours, and then I'll go for all mine. Okay, sounds good. So my first goal is I've been really enjoying Microsoft Flight Simulator and learning about the intricacies of these quite complicated machines, right? And learning to fly a Airbus A320 and learning to fly a CJ4, a Citation like jet, and things like that. And it sort of got me motivated to go actually learn to fly in real life. Mm. And so I would love to, this year, take a flying lesson. If not one, then a few. I'm not sure yet, but at least one and see how I see how I enjoy it. I took a, a very, like an introductory session years and years and years and years ago. It was um, just kind of a one-off thing that a friend of mine took me on. And I really enjoyed it. But it was so short, I didn't, never really got into it. Whereas actually learning to fly is a lot more, 
is a lot more. It's kind of like a resort scuba dive versus actually learning to scuba dive. Right, I don't know gotcha. if that rings a bell. No, that makes, like, yeah, that makes can, sense. Anybody can go for a scuba dive to a certain depth with somebody else doing all the hard work and figuring out all of the, you know, whether you're going to die or not. But it's actually a different thing when you've got to learn to do it yourself. And and so I'd like to learn to do it myself and, and do it. Like the difference of I know how to drive a car, but then you go do one of these driving school things where you've got like a, you're in like a Ferrari or something for a couple laps and then you got a, a driver next to you telling you how to really drive the car. You're like, this is totally different. Yeah. Or learning to drive as a kid, when you're learning to drive for the first time, yeah. and your parents take you into a big, open, wide parking lot, and you're like, I've got this. And then you get on the road, and it's just terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah. yeah, You need to merge on, get over two lanes, and then take the next exit, and you got about three quarters of a mile to do it. <laughs> what do you mean I've got to worry about parked cars on the side of the road now? That seems strange. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. So yeah, I'd love to take a flying lesson. I think that'd be I'd great. I'd love to do that, too. That's cool. That's a good one. Okay, so second one, I would love to spend more time developing like devving, coding, and perhaps learning something like Go. Mm. So I'm doing a bit of coding, but I've really been thriving on this Arduino project, mm -hmm. personally thriving on this Arduino project that I'm doing, and I've really enjoyed writing the code for it. I'm going to post it all on GitHub, by the way. I'm going to publish the source that I've written for it. And I'd like to do some more of that and learn some new coding things. And I think mm -hmm. Go is probably what I want to go look at. Excuse the pun. Yeah. No, that, you'll see. I'm. I kind of. I, I know where you're talking. I know what you're talking about. I get you. Yeah. And then the third one is a slightly tamed back version of last year. And by slightly, I mean by dialing it back from like thirty on a one to ten knob and dialing it back to maybe a two or a three. <laughs> I really need and I really want to run an exercise more regularly, or regularly, not more regularly because it's not regular at all. <laughs> but I need to regularly. And so I want to I want to start with twice a week, and that is that is achievable. Yeah, if I stick to it. So yeah, that's really important to me. Are you a schedule kind of guy? I think I have to be. Yeah, that's how I am. I'm not really a schedule kind of person. Like I don't really like the idea of a schedule like that. Mm. But I think it's the only way that it'll happen. I hesitate. Like, does that make sense? Oh no, it does make sense. I'm sitting here hesitating, like going, I have a recommendation for you, but I'm like, I don't know if I should stick my face out there that much or stick inject myself that much into your goal. I have. Input for you to publicly post it. No, publicly well, post. That's my goal, and, no. and then pick a race. So if you want to run, oh, if yeah. you want to run, pick a pick a five k, right? If or pick a ten k, like a six miler or something like that. The reason I love half marathons is because they're not something that you can just show up and do. I mean, there's a lot of people that are listening to us going, "I can do it." Like, going, yeah, but you you run a lot, but you can't just show up and do a half marathon. You have to train for it. And when I'm training, I know that if I have a race coming up in a month or two months, I have a certain training schedule and you have to run like my training schedule I follow is two speed kind of or normal runs like in the middle of the week. And then, you, then your, your distance run is on the weekend. And I know that if I miss if I miss a day or if I miss two days, I can miss a day here or I can miss a day there. But I know if I miss like too many of those, I'm not going to be able to do it. It's going to make that race a living hell and I'm not going to enjoy it. And so it, it forces me to do it. And that's what's been so hard this past year is with no run, with no races. It's been really hard to keep myself going out to run, going, I have to do this. I have to stay, keep the schedule because if I don't keep the schedule, I'm going to miss the race. Now it's like, going, I'm not going to run today. It's too cold. There's no consequence. Yeah, I agree. So that, and I'll tell you too, that the whole exercise thing, I've been struggling this year because I, I like going to the gym and doing like a high intensity workout. And I'm a very much a fanboy of Apple Fitness Plus. It is, I had signed up for the trial and 
the different durations, the different trainers, the way that it's implemented, the tech side of how it's implemented. You do need to have an Apple Watch and you have to have a, a Fitness Plus subscription. But I did like the Apple One, like full full subscription for the whole family for like 30 bucks a month. And very impressed with, I was already using Apple Music. And I'm very impressed with this whole, I'm, we're definitely going to keep it. Oh, cool. I'll have to check it out. It's really good. And then just the, not sharing your workouts with each other, but sharing like, hey, did you do, did you close your rings? How did you do on your move goal, your exercise goal, your stand goal today? And there's about seven or eight people from my cousins and my brother to our, some of our friends that, that I'm with and we don't talk about it, but I just kind of see like going, oh, look, that guy just, uh, like Jason Himmelstein just got back. I can tell he just went to the gym. He did his, oh yeah, he's going to do better today on this than I did today, so. It's a little bit of mob mentality, right? It In helps. a good way, it, right? It, it's a bit yeah. of like, not like what we saw yesterday, but in terms of like, in a good way, seeing other people doing things is motivating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you do, so my, my brother finishes out of the blue. I started seeing my brother was running like one to two miles every other day. And I'm like, so I just, I don't do anything. Sometimes I'll just give him a little thumbs up and he's, he sees, he's like going, yeah, I appreciate that because it's just like, okay, I need to do this because if I don't do it, someone's going to notice it going, Hey, you've been slacking off the last few days. Yeah, that's cool. So how about you? What are your three goals for this year? So I have four listed this time. So I kind of, I guess I moved one of my wishes down to my goals. I have two business-related ones. Uh, one of them is kind of carryover from last year. So for Voitanos, it's a focus on growth slash back office slash marketing revamp. And mm-hmm. that was what my goal was last year. I didn't, I was able to grow the business a little bit, but all of my plans got thrown out because when everything that we had planned on doing, it was more or less like, nope, we got to keep the lights on with the way the pandemic was going. It was such an impact. We talked about that last week. Mm. So that's one. Another one is, is that, and this kind of goes back to the stuff I was talking about with my wishes and people can read between the lines with this if they want. I'm intentionally saying this in a very specific way and not being very deliberate on what I say, but uh, I'm going to do more courses, but I want to expand beyond Microsoft 365. Yeah, I don't want to, it's not that I don't want to do Microsoft 365. It's that I want to do something, I want to do something else. Sure. That may be Git, that may be TypeScript, that may be some other product, that may be Azure. I mean, it's there's a, a whole landscape out there for things to choose from, but I want to do something other than just Microsoft 365. Makes sense. My third goal is focus. Now, let me just throw this, let me write down, let me explain what I said, and then let me take a second and explain it. So it's focus, cut back on my involvement in discussions, debates, issues, projects, events, etc. I found that last year... I was a happier person. My mindset was happier. It was more positive and not as negative when I didn't let myself get into get into discussions and debates just because I felt like I had an opinion on it. But in the big picture, when I stood back. I was like, I don't really give a damn about that. I don't really care. Does it, does investing your time move you towards your goals and your strategy, overall strategy for what you want to do? It's like what we just talked about. The answer is no. Check out exactly. I'll be on a on a call with someone. There's a there's a recurring call that I'm usually on every week, and I found that I'd get on this call and I'd just walk away and I'd be so negative because I something would be said and I'd give my opinion and we get into a debate on it and I'm just like I'd finish the call and I'm like going you know I really don't care. I had a hell of a strong opinion, but I just don't care what that what, the, what happens with that. And I just need to be like you know, there's so many times I, I I got more of an attitude this year when uh, the election helped with it kind of realize this, but somebody would start having a discussion on it. And they're like, what do you think about that? And I'm like, I don't, I don't think blue and I don't think green. 
I'm not going to choose a freaking pill. I don't have to choose a pill. I don't have to choose a side. I'm just like, that's interesting. Like, oh, what are your thoughts on it? I'm like, going, none. I don't have to have any. I don't really care. I want to remove myself from the amount, you know, the discussions, part of that maybe be social media, issues that come up, different projects that are going on, event, you know, maybe I don't want to, there's a conference coming up. Like going, yeah, you know, I'm just not going to go do that one. I'm going to cut back. I, I, part of that is what we talked about, you know, last time where I, I've really enjoyed not traveling this year. And so I'm just not going to, I don't want to be involved as, as much stuff. I just kind of want to focus, you know, maybe that's withdrawing from society or I've enjoyed withdrawing from society. Thanks for the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago, I stopped speaking at conferences because I just didn't find that I enjoyed doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I just made a conscious choice, just going to say no. And I was like, really, really? You don't want to go to this conference and do a talk on such and such? No, not really. <laughs> you did that. I don't need to. I don't need to for my job. So that that's where I was going to go. So you did that. And I started and I saw you do that. And you made a comment at one time and I was like, God, you know, I'd love to be able to do that, but I just can't. It's just so so important to my business. And then last year, I was kind of forced in the position going, oh, look, yeah. I had to try this out. And go. it really isn't. There you go. That's interesting. Yeah. So, and I feel the same way. I'm like, oh, God, this is great. I don't have to, I don't have to go pack my bag. Like I looked, I was cleaning out our storage room. We're, so we're getting an exercise bike and I was trying to, we we're moving some stuff out of this room that we have to put room for it. And we had our luggage that Meredith got me for uh, Christmas like two years ago. And I was like, man, I haven't used that in a while. I'm like, yeah, huh, I don't miss that at all. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to talk about all the conference bags you've collected. Yeah. Oh, well, we got rid of all those, man. It was great. You got yeah, rid of all that brilliant. stuff. And it's just, so yeah, so I don't, that's part of it. Kind of just focus, focus on what's important to me, both personally and work-wise and be like, yeah, you know, it's important to other people. That's not really important. Yep. Yeah, good call. And then another side of it is, um, the other thing I said is to learn new tech. And mm. I said, in parentheses, I put a couple things in there. I said, and I know some people are going to laugh at this, but like .NET Core. No, I don't know .NET Core or .NET Standard. I don't even know what the difference is between Core and Standard. But I'd like to, maybe that's something I want to learn. Maybe it's Go is, is a language I'm really interested in, part because it's so different from what I'm used to writing. And just there's something there's something interesting about it. The other one too it, um, that I threw out there is just as new tech is Python. And honestly, the main yeah. reason for that one, there's a curiosity to it, but my daughter is getting into development a little bit more and she's taking a class this first, this next semester. She's 11 and I got the pace chart. She's virtual school. And so some of it's kind of like self-paced and she got the pace chart for what she's supposed to be doing. And I looked at it and probably the first, maybe two fifths of the course is HTML and colors. So how to build a website. And then the next three-fifths is heavy Python and algorithms and structures and stuff like that, but it's all using Python. And I'm like, okay, you know what? And so we had this talk and I was like, I want to know what you're doing and I'd like to see what you're doing because I'd like to be involved and to get excited about it with you if you're interested in it. So that's cool. I'd like to do that. There's some stuff I need to build that I want to do for Voitanos and... um, I'm just going to force myself to use something that I'm not familiar with just to learn it. Yeah, I think you'd be really reasonably impressed by .NET Core, actually. I think it's a lot more aligned to you know, what you've been doing in the web development world than .NET in the past has been. And so I think a lot of the same concepts apply and all that. I think you'd be quite impressed with how it's changed. I'm torn on it. Because one side of it says, I should do this because this is, I'm a, I was a C-sharp person. I did ASP.NET for 
you know, from when .NET came around yeah. until, I don't know, a couple of years ago. And then I've missed all the cross-platform stuff. But the other side of me is like going, yeah, but I kind of know that. And that's not going to really be that much of a challenge. That's why Go and Python is so different that it's like, mm. it's not eating a different Italian dish. I'm actually switching over and going with a Chinese dish, really changing up the menu. So I don't know. I mean, part of it's just to change it up, just to change it up. Yeah. Nice. I think those are, those are really good. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how we do. <laughs> we'll commiserate at the end of 2021. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. No, we won't. I think this year is looking more positive than the one we've just had. So uh, we've got a good chance of hitting some of these. Yeah. Someone, someone posted on Facebook this morning. They're like going, man, we're a week into it and 2021's been a hell of a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I titled it with the rest of 2021. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So with that, let's take a quick break. Let's get back to some picks and wrap this show up. We've been going on for like an hour. So let's do the picks. ACs Voitanos delivers on-demand video-based training for developers on the latest SharePoint extensibility model from Microsoft in his course, Mastering the SharePoint Framework. Back to the show. All right, AC, what exciting and interesting, riveting pick have you got for us this week? You know what? Sticking with our theme of goals and looking forward to 2021, Ars Technica had a fantastic article that came out just the other day titled, There Are an Insane Amount of Cool Space Things Happening in 2021. And it went through everything that we can expect to see. And we're going everywhere from... The James Webb Telescope is finally supposed to go up. We've got the Mars fleet that's going to be arriving at the beginning of the the year of one of the launches that happened in uh, July of last year. The lander's showing up. This is the same one that's going to be, that's going to take samples and send them back to Earth from Mars. Starship flights from uh, SpaceX, one's one's supposed to be happening in the next 48 hours. That it's just, there's so much stuff that's going on this year. I'm really excited. I'm really excited yeah. to see this stuff. The James Webb, I think, is the one that I'm the most excited to see go up. I'm honest to God, I'm terrified of this one because I'm, I, for some reason, yeah. just got this. I'm terrified that it's going to go up, but it's going to blow up on the way up. And with so yeah. much time that's been invested in this and what the promise of this is, I'm, I'm terrified when this thing goes up. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, it just seems like there's been so much invested in this mm-hmm. and it's taken so long. And if it, pops on on launch that's a lot of investment just up in smoke the big thing about this guys it's not supposed to launch until halloween so late october early november the thing that's special about this this telescope is a radio telescope what's special about this one is it's being sent out to this place called l2 which is a there are these different places like l1 l2 l3 and it's think of it like a gravity void it's a spot between heavenly bodies where it's going to maintain station where it is, but it's not being pulled in any direction mm. or it's being equally pulled in different directions. Two things. Yeah. Yeah. So it yeah. will retain its position, but it's also going to be far enough away from earth that it shouldn't get the, uh, it'll minimize the radio interference from earth. Kind of like how we did when we sent up the Hubble, that's way, way up, has a very high orbit. So it's really away from the atmosphere. That is exciting. There's a lot of good stuff coming up. Yeah. Nice. How about you? Well, I've got a link to an article called Explained, the thinking behind the 32 gigabyte Windows format limit on FAT32. Oh. So you know how FAT32 used to be able to only 
you know, format to a certain size. Now there's the story about how it all came to be. And it's kind of along similar lines. You know how I've, re- I've linked to this guy Dave Plummer's videos before uh, yeah. from Microsoft? He's an old Microsoft guy. He's got a YouTube channel called Dave's Gar- Garage or Garage. And um, he talks about being the guy that put the 32 gig limit on formatting for FAT32 huh. and the story kind of behind it and what cluster sizes and the trade-off between the efficiency of FAT32 on large volumes versus small volumes and stuff like that. And it's just an interesting kind of backstory about FAT32 if you're into huh. that sort of stuff. That's a good find. Yeah, he makes some interesting videos. But um, yeah, it turns out really there should be no limit. Like, or there's a, theoretically, there's a massive limit, like terabytes and terabytes in size. But it is a very inefficient format for large volumes. You waste huh. a lot of space. Yeah. And so they had to put basically make some arbitrary decision of what max size should they put on it in the UI. And so he was like, this is back when I think he was talking about, you know, like four meg USB sticks were huge. <laughs> and or 16 meg USB sticks and was like, 32 gig, that seems like enough for anybody. <laughs> Basically, it came down to that. <laughs> I pulled the drive out of, um, I was getting rid of some old tech and I pulled the drive out of, uh, remember the old HP MediaSmart Windows oh, home yeah. server? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, I use that for my, my home server. I used that. I was getting rid of it. And so I was like, well, I got to pull the drive out before I get rid of it. And I remember all of my stuff was on this thing. 500 gigs. Yeah. It's like, wow, no. no. That wouldn't, that wouldn't hold a candle to just the videos I recorded from my class yesterday. <laughs> yeah, right. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad to see the internet has started taking notice of my wishes. I'm already getting ads for uh, buying private jets online. <laughs> <laughs> Business must it's be It's your good. time. Citation <laughs> longitude. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, let's right, hope, for, hope for a better, 20, better, a better year this year, a more positive year this year than last year and let's hope for our wishes and our goals. Go for our goals. Don't cool. hope for your goals. Go for them, AC. There you go. That's a better way to say it. <laughs> All right, mate. Good luck with it and uh, we'll see everybody next week. Yeah, man. Did you like this episode? Please tweet about it and drop a five-star review in your favorite podcast app. It helps people find out about our show and grow our audience and we'd really appreciate it. If you have a question for us, go to microsoftcloudshow.com forward slash questions where you can submit it as text or record it as a wave or MP3 and provide us a link so we can play it on the show. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or your podcatcher of choice. And finally, sign up for our mailing list by heading over to microsoftcloudshow.com where you'll get notices of each episode as well as the show notes sent to you directly each week. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Thanks for listening.